And we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 158, aka season 2, episode 26. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Mr. Rich E. Rich, along with MC. And since we still have phone numbers for you to call in and give us your thoughts on whatever it is you want to talk about, those numbers for you to dial are 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. That's 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. Anything uh, on the table for you this week, MC? Um, I I had a lot of things on my mind, and uh, they all kind of slipped my mind, so... (laughs) <laughs> okay. Give me some ideas. Uh, well, let, let me run a, a moral dilemma that I, I might be having past you uh, before I pull the trigger on anything. And then maybe it'll give you the time to jog your memory on, on um, what you wanted to talk about. Um, so the, the, <laughs> the, the moral dilemma that I'm having is nah, it, it's a stretch to call it a moral dilemma, but it's, it's more um, do, do I use the state to retaliate type of a thing? Um, so as, as we've talked about in the past, um, I, I've had some issues at work, um, with one of my employers, basically, yeah, I told you the story, right? The, the theft of service, um, the paying me less than we agreed upon before renegotiating, uh, my labor fee, right? You're, you're familiar with that. It's only been a couple of weeks. Uh, sure. Sure. Okay. So there's, there's a, a self-created air of animosity when I go to that job because I, I don't, I don't feel like the situation has been remedied completely, uh, at least to my satisfaction. Um, and I don't think anything necessarily has changed aside from the fact that, you know, we, we renegotiated my pay. Um, so it's, 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 ad, it's adversarial when I go in there. So I don't really like going in there as much as I used to anymore. Um, but I still like the people I work with. So as long as, you know, as, as long as the, uh, troublemakers, right. The, the, the bosses aren't around, I'm cool. Um, however, uh, I did, I did notice the other day, you know, I went into work and where they usually have the posters, you know, for, from the, you know, the federally mandated department of labor posters, giving your rights and responsibilities as an employee of the establishment, um, they weren't there anymore. I went, huh? They took the posters down. And at one point in time, I had like I had used that poster because one of uh, my coworkers um, was having an issue with the same manager, and you know felt that the manager was doing something like wrong, illegal, you know, unjust. And so I took him over to the poster and I pointed to the the, the line item where it says, you know. The, the, the company and the manager is not allowed to do that specific thing. Like the exact thing that he was saying the manager was trying to do to him. I said, look, right here, fucking illegal, man. He can't do it. So if he tries to do it, you point to that or you go find an attorney and, you you know, you point to that again. Um, and then the posters aren't there anymore, right? So I'm like, okay, so they might have moved him. So I looked, I, looked around <laughs> the, I looked around the kitchen. I looked around the restaurant. I didn't see him. Um, then I text the CEO, right? The, the, the guy who I had to talk to, to, to resume work there. I said, Hey, do you know where they moved the posters? And he said, no. And my only response after that to him was, thank you. You know, like, all right, that's enough for me. Um, so the, the moral dilemma that I'm having MC is, uh, would it be justified 
as an act of retaliation since I feel still I still feel like I'm owed and as long as I'm not going to get what I'm owed I might as well take a, a, a moderate level of revenge um, do I am I justified in calling the Department of Labor or whomever um, to let them know that my employer has removed the legally mandated posters um, from wherever you know the employees can read them as an anarchist um I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> Do what you want. <laughs> would it would it, would it be hypocritical to involve the state in the dispute? I'm just trying to bounce this off of you because, like, I kind of wanted I I could justify doing it, right? But I still I feel I still feel dirty if I end up doing it. Um. Yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> Like I, I, you know, I hate, I hate having to dial nine one one in emergency situations. You know, like if if they were a state organization, I would say go for it. You know, okay, but they're kind of not. So, it's just uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, the the only reason for doing it would would be like you know, well, twofold, right? Number one, it's kind of like an act of revenge, and and secondly, it would be like a preemptive CYA maneuver, right? Because then if they get on my case for anything after that, I could just claim retaliation for reporting them. And then they would have to like, you know, justify any, they would have to justify any action against me legitimately, as opposed to, you know, we can do what we want because I'll just claim retaliation um, for the report and then, you know, drag them out, drag, drag the issue out even further, um, you know, right. Through so, arbitration, and, whatever. In my opinion, it would probably make your work environment even more undesirable to be around. You know, there would be even more anxiety between you and your bosses. So, I don't know. It might. Uh, like, if, if you're looking for that type of thing, then go for it. But if not, then don't. That's a tough call. <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll tell you, that's a tough call because... Because the me of a few years ago, like prior to um, my real conversion, I guess, to the, the anarchistic lifestyle, would have no trouble doing that, right? Like, I, you know, there, there, there's enough restaurants hiring and there's enough other jobs available where, you know, I, I'll, yeah. I'll smile as I'm carrying my shit out the door, you know, knowing that I just gave them a hard time right up until the very end for pissing me off. And I and I want to get away from that mentality, yeah, but at the so, same time they're pissing me off. Just stop being pissed off, and if it, and if you are still pissed off, then find another job and don't worry about them. <laughs> yeah, I see your point. I see your point, but at the same time, like again, right? This this is just me, right? So, sometimes lessons need to be learned, and sometimes I am the teacher of those lessons hard way right like i I could easily let it go for my own satisfaction my own benefit and well-being but then it would eat me later on like there would be regret for not you know for not pulling some stunt on the way out just like when i go to court right like i got a court date coming up on thursday and you know it if i go in there and i do i do nothing confrontational right then i regret not being confrontational later Right, because they've already ruined my day. I got, I got, I. There's got to be a get back for me, mentally, and so like just quitting and leaving, 
right? There, there's no get back because I've already been damaged. There's no get back. And, you know, there's, there's nothing, there's no example left for anybody else to follow, right? Like there's, you know, I, 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 I talk a lot. And so to just walk away without doing something well, brash. But one of the, right. one of the lessons to be learned might be to use the state to get what you want though. So you might not want to do that. Yeah, I know that's the problem, but it's not really, it's, it's not really getting what I want. Like I'm not getting what I want because what I want is to be paid for the work that I did. Right. I'm not, I'm not going to get that. So it's just, it's really just using the state as a form of revenge. Yeah. But and, other people might not see it that way. That's true. And the other thing, the, the way I could justify it is if, if I took my revenge, um, the way that I would justly be taking, you know, my revenge, and that's like getting back what is owed to me, I would be perceived as the bad guy anyway, and the state would come after me, right? Like they would, they would use the state to come after me if I sought to, to rec reclaim and recoup uh, my losses, so I'm like, I don't, I, there's not a lot of recourse for me to make myself whole, um, aside from, you know, like I said, not even making myself whole, but just the revenge, the getcha, the gotcha. That's what I had. I'm still contemplating it. Like I, I keep telling myself, <laughs> all right, I keep telling, all right, I got like, give him like one more shift. Like the CEO knows about it now, right? He's got it. He has been made aware of it by me. Right. And this was like on Wednesday, I think. So if I walk in there Monday and the posters aren't up yet. Right. That means he's had like five work days to to remedy the situation. And if it's not remedied, then, you know, maybe maybe Tuesday I make a phone call just to see an anonymous phone call. <laughs> of course. <laughs> well, but they, they, they're going to know it's me because I already I already made I already made the CEO aware that it's missing. Right. Who called the Department of Labor to tell them the posters are down? I don't know. The only guy in the restaurant that noticed you guys fucking stole the posters. Because <laughs> I'm the only one that reads it and points it out to other people. When you guys try to pull illegal stunts on employees. Literally, like one of the servers, like, um, you know, did, did his like end of shift count. The manager like verified the end of shift count. And then like a week later told the server that his count was short and that he had to repay the till <laughs> oh jeez! Uh, you can't do that that's like i'm like here you go fucking you know paragraph one section b not allowed to do that you know so if he tries to do that again fucking call him out and i said and point to this line item on the poster you know and, not, and now the poster's not even there so there's you know there's there's a lot of shady stuff that i think they're trying to get away with and, you know, aside from like smuggling things out on a daily basis to resell later, you know, I don't know, I don't know where the, I don't know where the recourse is because walking away is still not a recourse, right? Walking away is like cutting losses. And I think too many people have suffered too much of a loss to let them get away with everyone walking away. In my opinion, more to think about. Do you remember what you, what you had? Nope. <laughs> All right. Headlines. All right, is, is, is it really time for headlines? It's early. That's fine. Yeah. All right. Headlines. Uh, keep testing self-driving cars, even if they kill people. Headline: Dentist threatens to report parents for neglect unless they bring their kids and wallets. 
a headline, enough is enough. If you really want to save lives, take aim at government violence. A headline, FDA's low nicotine cigarette scheme is an invitation to black market vendors. A headline, restaurant fined over no dancing law starts petition to end ban. And finally, headlines, the demands of Antifa and the original fascists have a lot in common. Uh, any place in particular you want to start this week, MC? Uh, anywhere is good. <coughs> All right, let's just circle right back to the beginning then, because I don't, man, this week was rough. The, the only the only story like still out there on the table um, is the gun violence, and I think we we did a good job of covering that last week. Even to the point where I got into you know I got into it with a, a friend on Facebook. I'm just do this real quick before we jump back. And I got into it with a, a friend on Facebook who, when I met him, was like a Ron Paul constitutionalist guy, right? And and as a good Ron Paul constitutionalist guy. He wants gun control, all right? Make it il- make it harder to buy, you know, military grade style weapons. And then, as a Ron Paul constitutionalist guy, he feels justified going like, "No, no, you just you just amend the Second Amendment. It's already been amended, so like it's already the Second Amendment. You just amend it again, and poof, now it's all part of the Constitution." And I was like, "When did you become like so anti-liberty, man? Like how how can you be a former Ron Paul guy?" And say that the Constitution should be amendment to, amended to take away liberties of other people, right? Does that make any sense? That's terrible. It is terrible, right? Okay. I just it's it's hard, you know. And then he he posts something later. He's like, "Do not debate with me because I read a lot and I cite my sources." <laughs> and the, and the, and there's a difference between people who read the Constitution and people who like know the Constitution. If people oh. know the Constitution, you know, he's like one of those. All, all you got to do is amend the Constitution and you can take away whatever liberties you want. That's it. Or, that, or it's in the Constitution. Get a, a justice to uh, read it the way they want to read it and then it doesn't yeah. matter anymore. Yeah. But, but man. There's lots of ways around a piece of paper. I mean, you can just burn it. Yeah. <laughs> it's It's unbelievable, right? Like, Okay, so again, side tangent before we get back in the headlines, but it's it's unbelievable, right? Like, you, I, it, man, I expect I expect a little bit more from what I'm going to say libertarians than I would from like ordinary people, right? They're they're not all perfect, which is why I I you know amongst libertarian circles I go I'm an anarchist. Why aren't you, right? But there there's like there's a higher standard when you deal with those people. And so having, having met him as like a Ron Paul constitutionalist, right? I go like, okay, he's like, he's close to the cusp. He's not even on the cusp yet. Cause he's not like a libertarian, you know, but he's on the cusp because he at least has made it all the way down to like Ron Paul constitutionalist. And then to, to re- re- regress so far from that, right? Like I, 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 I hold him to a higher standard knowing how far he came. And it makes it even more disappointing that he's now, you know, one of those guys. Just just a regular old, like, you know, status guy. Yeah. To, to be fair, Ron Paul would say that, well, if you wanted to do it, then this is the way you should do it. But yes. I would vote against that. You know? Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, it's kind of odd for somebody to say, 
like this is how you do it and we should also do that that's kind of that's just going too that, far th- but that's why he feels justified right because i'm a constitutionalist and then but but holding that position right means any any shitty liberty stealing law you want to pass all you have to advocate for is a constitutional amendment Right. And all you got to do is get like the 38 liberal states to, to go ahead and vote for that. And then all of a sudden it's, you know, two thirds majority passed in the Senate and, you know, whatever. Or, you know, yeah. don't quote me on that. But you, you get my point. Right. As, as, you know, as as if that is in the spirit of the Constitution, if you believed in that sort of thing, which I don't. Right. But ha- yeah. but understanding that position Right, the 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 Constitution itself, in my opinion, right was was never supposed to like take away liberties. It was supposed to protect already existing ones, along well, with at least the amendments, along with yeah, you know laying amendments. out how so, the government yeah. is supposed to operate. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the Constitution instructions was, was created to make a centralized government. That's its, that was its purpose. Um, it it didn't really uh, right rights weren't even a, a part of it. Um, well, rights are rights. You don't even have to say what rights are. Rights, but they're enshrined uh, you, in the amendments. Yeah, or should be. The only the only reason they 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 put the amendments in there is because they were afraid that people would misread the Constitution, which they did. <laughs> right, like the the Commerce Clause doesn't have anything to do with individual individuals' rights. It had to yeah. do with states competing against each other by erecting barriers of trade. <laughs> That's what it was about. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so we're kind of, uh, we, you know, th- there shouldn't need to be uh, a list of 100 rights in the in the Constitution. We have many rights that aren't even in the Constitution. Um, the, the government is supposed to only do the things that are in the Constitution and nothing more. And that's what the Tenth Amendment says. Like, if it's not in there, you can't do it. So, where did the Department of Education come from? Right. You know. But but from a <laughs> but from a constitutionalist perspective, you go like, well, if you want to do it, you just amend the Tenth Amendment, right? You get whatever the you repeal the Tenth Amendment, and you and you add like another amendment beyond that. So you got like twenty nine amendments now that enshrines now you know what the 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 shitty law that you want to have. Sure, but. It would be a lot harder to make amendments than than just to do whatever you want and say it's okay. So, anyway, all right. I don't think the Second Amendment's going away. Um, I do think uh, universal background checks and stuff like that are are going to happen, um, and they're not going to make a difference. They're not, they're not they're not going to make a difference among outlaws and criminals. Right, but it's not going to make a difference at all. (laughs) Well, it it makes a difference for me because, like I said before, one of the reasons why I currently don't own a firearm is because I don't want to fucking do paperwork. Right, like I don't want. There, there are ways. So if you know somebody who knows a way, you know, I may have some cash lying around to you know to to protect myself later. Just saying. But there's also, you know, the if you get caught with it type of thing, right? Then it's a felony. Like I just, I, right, right, right. Like oh. I, I, I almost had a felony weapons charge because they stole my brass knuckles, right? Like I, I used to carry around brass knuckles, <laughs> and then it was like deemed an unconstitutional search and seizure, um, but they, they never gave them back to me, 
but it was like a felony weapons charge. Whatever. All right, headlines? Sure. Keep testing self-driving cars even if they kill people. Uh, self-driving cars are likely to save lives. One tragic accidental death should not stop that from happening. Keep testing. Uh, if March 18th was a typical day on American roadways, about 90 people lost their lives in car accidents during that 24-hour span. Unless you were unfortunate enough to know one of them, you probably didn't hear about the vast majority of those crashes. But you've probably heard about the accident that killed Elaine Hertzberg, a 49-year-old Arizona woman who was struck and killed by an autonomous Uber vehicle undergoing testing in Tempe. Video of the incident released by police show that Hertzberg was crossing the street outside of a designated crosswalk and that neither the self-driving car nor the human backup driver stationed in it had time to detect Hertzberg uh, before the collision took place. Uh, police determined that the pedestrian was at fault. It was an unfortunate accident, the kind that unfortunately happens every day on roads all over America. Uh, the fact that the vehicle was a self-driving car has made uh, the accident a national news story but policymakers should not try to overreact. Uh, Self-driving cars have an incredible potential to save lives, and officials should not put that prospect at risk. Already, Arizona Governor Doug Ducey, a Republican, has suspended Uber's self-driving car testing privileges in his state, citing concerns about public safety. Uh, that move is a major step back from his embrace of self-driving vehicles, notes Melissa Daniels of the Associated Press. Uh, Ducey has previously welcomed autonomous driving tests to the state after they were subjected to strict regulations in California. Uh, meanwhile, four state senators introduced a bill this week to ban autonomous vehicles from being tested in Minnesota. Arizona confirmed my concerns, State Senator Jim Abler told Minnesota Public Radio. I've been hearing about this and I'm very worried about it. And frankly, the idea of driving home while you ride in the back seat is just a recipe for trouble. Uh, want to hear an even bigger recipe for trouble? Uh, driving home while he rides in the driver's seat. Uh, to err is human, to, and human error is the cause of 90% of car crashes. Uh, we should be concerned about automated vehicles. University of South Carolina law professor Brian Walker-Smith told the Associated Press in 2016, but we should be terrified about today's drivers. Uh, if driverless cars can amass a better safety record than that, they will literally save lives. Unfortunately, those futures save those futures lives saved are invisible related to the lives lost in the present, which have significantly more weight for governors, legislatures and regulators. In aggregate, car accidents are a massive public health problem, and I don't just mean by deaths they cause. Uh, Americans spend two hundred and thirty billion dollars annually to cover the cost of accidents, accounting for approximately two to three percent of the country's GDP. Driverless cars will not be perfect. Certainly they won't be perfect with human beings are darting out into traffic on dimly lit streets where there is no crosswalk, as Hertzberg apparently did. Uh, but we shouldn't expect perfection. If they can be better than human drivers, and that's a low bar, then they should continue to be tested and, de and developed. They will only get better. And even if you're skeptical on the assumption that computers can drive better than human beings, the only way to find out for sure is to allow more testing. Uh, as Megan McArdle of the Washington Post points out, Americans drove 3.2 trillion miles in 2016, with a 1.18 fatalities for every 100 million miles driven. How far have driverless cars driven since they began tested? Uh, fewer than 100 million miles. It sounds like a lot, but it's a very small sample size. To get a, to get a better perspective, we need a bigger sample. 
Prior to the accident earlier this month, Arizonans seemed willing to give autonomous vehicles that chance. A February poll sponsored by the Consumer Choice Center found that 51% of Arizonans favor testing self-driving cars in the state, while 42% were opposed. Residents aged 18 to 44 were far more likely to support self-driving cars than older residents were. Uh, those feelings may shift in the wake of Hertzberg's death, but officials should keep the long-term perspective in mind. Uh, as Reasons Ron Bailey wrote in a prescient July 2016 article, driverless cars have the power to make us richer, less stressed, more independent, and safer. Unless, he added, lawmakers and regulators manage to screw everything up. Uh, end of the article. Your thoughts, MC, on, on uh, driverless cars in general and how they impact pedestrians. Bazing. Wow. Well, I, I have mixed feelings about it. I don't, I don't think the government should get involved, but... Um... It's, I mean, I think, I think roads are dangerous. I think walking yes. across them is dangerous and, and you should probably not walk in front of a car. I mean, uh, from the picture, it looks like headlights were on and, you know, you got a car coming at you and yeah, you know, maybe you want to get out of the way a little bit faster instead of walk across and assume that they're going to see you and stop. Um, uh, for me personally, like I, I, I would not ride a bicycle. Well, I've done it before, but I mean, it's scary riding a bike on the road and you got these cars that don't give a shit about you. You know, I mean, you had a similar situation, you know, on your moped, yep. Yep. Um, someone run over you, you know? <laughs> yep. It's, and to uh, be, to be fair, I didn't see the headlights until it was too late. Like, if, right. if, you know, so to benefit of the doubt, sometimes you just miss it, man. Right. Right. Things happen. Um, yeah. it's, and that, that's why I prefer to be in a car with, you know, metal surrounding me. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's my perspective. I think, um, you know, knowing that it might be a machine driving the car now, take extra precaution when you're crossing the road. Um, you know, that, that crosswalk is, is not a, uh, a barricade. Like it's not going to stop anybody from running over you any more than the constitution will protect your rights. <laughs> it's way to tie that just, in. It's just a paint on the road, you know, <laughs> and, and I see it all the time. People just, you know, casually crossing the road. Whenever I cross the road, I'm like, I'm paying attention. I'm looking at the cars, making sure they're not going to inch forward and just, you know, plow me over. Um, I'm a little bit more paranoid than, than most people are when I cross the road, but, um, that's just that's just how I treat it. Like, I don't think it's, it's paranoia. It's it's a life and death situation right there, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, don't point your car at me. But uh, um, yeah, so that's that's what I say. I think I, th I think people need to have more respect for large moving pieces of metal, and uh, you know whether or not they make any laws. And I hope they don't. See, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it a step further. And I'm going to blame the state for that mentality, right? Because the state affords the pedestrians the right of way. So whenever a pedestrian is like out and about, many of them go like, I have the right of way. You must stop for me. Right. But if, but if, but if I don't see you, I'm not stopping. <laughs> right. Like if you see me, you know, <laughs> just know that I'm not going to be the one getting hurt physically. Right. Maybe legally, you know, psychologically, <laughs> but you're going to die or at least be like mangled severely. You know, so if you see me, don't get in the way. 
because I might not see you. You know, it, it, it reminds me of, uh, man, that it's, it's a joke, right? Like the, you know, ca- uh, cattle rancher on the farm and like, the, you know, DEA or, you know, whatever agent comes up and, and you know, farmer says, you know, uh, I wouldn't go in there. And the DEA agent like flashes his badge or, you know, goes like, see this badge? This badge means I can go wherever I want. And he goes in and all of a sudden the DEA agent's being like chased by the bull you know, in, in the, in the cattle area. And the is like, help, help. And the farmer goes quick, show him your badge. Right. You know, as, as if the bull cares, right. <laughs> as if I care, you know, if you're like, I have the right of way, you know, if I don't see you and you're in the way, you know, you're, you're about to like not be in the way. Um, and I, and, and again, I think that that mentality stems from the fact that the state has given pedestrians the right of way. Right. It, 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 it should be the opposite or not at all. Right. Be safe out there. You know, um, who needs crosswalks? Right. If you if you want to get across. Right. Don't like you said, don't think that little piece of paint on the ground is going to help you just cross where it's safe and cross when it's safe. Right. And I'm sure that people will naturally figure out where those safe places are, um, even if you don't have, you know, painted lines on the road now. That being said, I did see, you know, some cool pictures of like 3D painted crosswalks. Have you seen these, MC? Yeah. Okay. Where, where the, the crosswalk appears to be raised off the ground uh, as a optical illusion to trick drivers into thinking that they're about to hit something um, and therefore slow down and being more cautious and aware. So I go like, right. okay, I'm okay with stuff like that. You know, um, I'd be more okay with it if it was like, you know, done on private roads. Um but you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, if it's a safety, if it's a safety thing, and it's not, it's not harmful, and doesn't take any rights away, um, then I'm okay with, you know, with I'm I'm more okay with measures like that um, than I am with, you know, like oh no no just don't hit them, right? Be <laughs> be aware, like no no no, you know, if if I'm coming, you're going, and like you said, MC, it it's life or death, and you should move with haste, right? right. <laughs> you know. The, the, the leisurely stroll through the crosswalk. I've seen people like stroll through the crosswalk and they're like, oh, nope, going to go back the other way. And then, oh, no, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to jog across. Right. Like even the ones that give you the countdown, right? There's like five, four. And then they like step out onto the road and like three. And if I'm in a car, I'll rev. Room. Right. Like scare them. Like hustle, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> There's a, um, I think it was last week there was, you know, someone was doing that, uh, by the intersection by my house where I, where I cross over to go to work and I was on my moped. So I'm, I'm like, you know, not as safe as in a car, but also not as dangerous as in a car. Um, and there was, you know, just crazy lady, just like meandering about in the roadway, you know, as my light turned green. Um, so I buzzed her like fucking top gun style and just zoom and just right by her while you know, she was still on the road like get the hell out of the road and yeah this was a couple weeks ago i think we were, we were at work um and you know uh, different intersection but still uh, oddly enough by my house even though we we're at work and like our left turn light turned green for us to make a left on green and these two ladies like you know, took their opportunity to step into the crosswalk to cross in front of us, you know, and unfortunately for me, 
I couldn't get the window button down. Like I couldn't find the window button on the truck to yell at them like how I wanted to yell at them. Um, but I still managed to, you know, shout at them to wait their goddamn turn, you know. And then after that, my coworker, you know, gives, uh, you know, uh, calls calls us up because she was riding uh, in in her car behind us, and she was like, "Man, I thought you guys were going to be a lot meaner to those ladies." You know, I'm like, "What do you mean?" Like, I yelled at them. She's like, "Oh, I didn't, I didn't hear you yell. I thought, I thought, you know, the driver, I thought the driver was going to get a lot closer. Like, I thought you guys would go like on the inside of them, like real close." And I was going to come on the outside of them real close (laughs) 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 and really make them shit their pants. It's like, well, I will let them know next time or if I'm driving next time, then then we can do that. But I couldn't get the button down on the window fast enough. So all I could do was like yell a little bit out the window, you know, (laughs) so on. But she was mad, too. She was like she was upset, too. Like, you know, but yeah, dumb stuff like that. You, you know, and, it, and we were driving like, you know, uh, like a Penske truck, right? Not, not, not a big rig, but you know, not a cargo van either. Right. Like it's a, it's, you know, it's a, you know, five ton truck, I think, or, or six ton truck or whatever. Like, why would you step off the curb in front of that as that's coming? Like who's stupid enough to do that? You think we're going to stop for you? No, no, just stay on the, stay on the curb and at least wait your turn. Right. If we're if we're going to have if we're going to like take turns and turn on lights to let you know when it's safe to cross, you know, and you see the big truck coming, maybe it's not your time to step off the curb. Right. Like, you know, have have a little bit of, you know, self-control and and, you know, use that self-preservation instinct to let you know, you know, when when it's time for you. And the big truck wins every time. Right. You know who who you, you might be rich later on. Right from from a lawsuit, um, but who cares if you have a million dollars, but you're pushing around a wheelchair with your nose, right? Just stay on the curb. <laughs> it ain't even worth it. Any other thoughts? No, I did just come up with one of the things I, I wanted to talk about. Oh, jump into uh, it then, please. I I don't know how relevant it is, but there's a. There's this is our a, show, man. It's as relevant as we want it to be. There's uh, an actual anarchist. His name is Dr. Guy McPherson. Uh, has fear in his name, um, <laughs> but uh, it's kind of funny because he's he he's predicting the end of humanity, uh, human extinction in less than ten years. Oh shit! Oh man, I saw the headline. I did not know he was an anarchist. That's disappointing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, please so continue. He's he's, a, he's an actual anarchist. You, you know the good kind. Uh, not a communist. Um, he doesn't. He doesn't hyphenate it, um, and he understands it's not chaos. It's uh, just no rulers. So, um, anyway, um, the only reason I listened to him is because I found out that he was an anarchist, and and so I still don't believe him. But his his main thing is that there are all these feedback loops that are triggered at the same time, and and the the earth's temperature is exponentially going to increase in temperature at a rate that humans won't be able to sustain themselves um so like if he's core right, temperature no uh feedback loops is in terms of gases being released by the ocean and and uh by fossil fuels and by uh the ice caps melting and so a whole bunch of things happening at the same time and he says any one of these could could cause massive problems for humans 
But the fact that they're all happening at the same time is just going to wipe us out. An extinction level event. The perfect yeah. storm. Okay. And so I and so my comment was, uh, see you in ten years. I bet you a hundred trillion dollars that that he's going to be wrong. Um. So yeah, we'll just we'll just have to see. Did he take you up on that bet? Well, it wouldn't matter because if he's if he's right, then there's nobody to gonna gonna yeah. be around to give me a hundred trillion dollars. But <laughs> yeah, I, I don't to give it to that man. I I. How do I want to put this? That seems way too soon, right? Like, it, it seems like, you know, almost to the same level as, like, dinosaur extinction level, right? Like, I, w- I would think that if, if we're all going to be dead and gone in 10 years, like, that process would have had to have started decades ago. And, you know, if you're looking at a chart, you could, like, you could see the end coming, like the hockey stick, the hockey stick for extinction level, right? Right. And and ten years seems so soon. Like even even if all those gases were released like right now, you know, and like the extinction started now, um, I I I I I would think we'd be able to survive another ten years. It might not be in the same conditions that we are now, but I don't. I I think that humans would be able to adapt to the new conditions. Um, over a long enough period of time where we could make it past that, well past that 10-year mark, right? especially in certain regions of the world. And so I'm not sure if he is just an anarchist that wants other people to leave other people alone, and that's why he's coming up with all this stuff, or if he actually believes it. So I'm going to assume that he actually believes it. Um, my only thing is I have not seen the evidence that these supposed feedback loops are real um, and are actually causing any massive change. Um, yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, it, has to, seen, it would have started already. The scientists that I've seen that I think are more accurate have <clears throat> have said that temperatures have been remarkably stable over the last you know few thousand years. Relatively. Um, yeah, and, and even compared to, to past uh, events. So, um, yeah, so we'll see. Uh, we'll you know, see you in 10 years. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just, just like it's, it's, it's weird. Eh, well, it's weird that he's an anarchist because it seems like one of those, like, you know, religious prophecy prediction type of things. Right. <clears throat> and I don't think, I, I don't think his, his anarchy cred plays into it necessarily like if he's looking at a data set and that's the conclusion that he draws you know that's one thing but if he's like no 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 i'm an anarchist and we need to leave each other alone or else this is going to happen um then even though no I might, no he, okay he, he he's saying that there's absolutely nothing we can do about it it doesn't matter what laws are passed doesn't matter even if we stopped burning fossil fuels today if everybody it's just already stopped too late. If, every, if everybody stopped and then killed themselves it still wouldn't solve the problem Wait, okay. that, that would actually, maybe that's what's going to happen. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's nothing that can be done to save the planet, um, is what he's saying. And so just get on with your lives, be the best person you can be for the next 10 years, and that's it. And actually, he okay. says we don't even have 10 years. He says we have less than 10 years. Okay. So it might be eight, might be six. Well, YOLO then, you know, like don't even don't even worry about your retirement. 
if that's the case. Right. Yeah. Buy, that, buy, all, that, buy, buy all the Bitcoin you can. That would also be, <laughs> that's, that's also like a good indicator of how much people believe what they say, right? You got like, you know, what, what is, what is he now doing with his life knowing he's only got 10 years left to live? Right. He's telling everybody that they have 10 years left to live. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, but beyond that, right? Like, you know, shouldn't, should he people not be like him. vacationing in the Bahamas? People you know. invite him to give speeches, and that's uh, so that's what he does pretty much. <laughs> all right. Well, if that's what gives him satisfaction for the next ten years, then you know, by all means. Um, but it's like you know, it, it seems like one of those things where you know, like a, a terminally ill patient, right, with whatever, they go like, "You've only got like this long left to live," and they like drop whatever they're doing and they go do fun stuff. Right. Right. It doesn't seem like he's do- dropping everything he's doing to go do the fun stuff. He's like just you know. Going going on a speaking tour, um, probably getting paid, and as well as well he should. But you know, doesn't doesn't seem like the actions of someone who only has ten years left to live. I guess would be yeah. my claim. Well, yeah, I, I mean, neither of us have done any investigation on actually what he does with his free time, so we don't know. Yeah, but that's where I would. But look. he does. But he does enjoy rubbing that in people's faces. I'm sure that they've only got ten years left. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure. Like, Even though he says he he says he doesn't. He says like I take no joy in telling people this, but like no, you do. You get lots of attention for it. <laughs> yeah, and just and keep it to yourself then. Like nobody cares. Yeah, nobody cares. <laughs> yeah, the statists don't want to hear from him because they want to. They believe that they can change the the planet's atmosphere and temperature. Yep. And uh, the people who don't believe it's coming don't want to hear it because they just want to. Got better uh, things to do. Yeah, they they they'd rather just suffer and go to work every day. <laughs> I say we smash the state now, then, and give anarchy a chance for the next ten years, and then if it doesn't all go to shit, then we can praise anarchy as the reason why, and then rather than revert back to the state, we could just keep on where we're going. I'm like, oh look, anarch hmm. uh, the, the the anarchist lifestyle and the anarchist communities, and see, and that's why peace I to thought. The Maybe he came up with a scheme to create more anarchists because the anarchist philosophy, you know, is very much in line with, you know, you only live once, you know, treat everybody, you know, <laughs> you know, it, you know anarchy is, 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 I guess, the, the best way people should um, interact with each other. Like, yes. Um, and, <laughs> Uh, yeah. So it's the best way to live, and if if you can only do it for ten years, then why not? You know. Yeah, and then when it doesn't, then you go like, "Well, look how good it's been for the last ten years. Let's just keep doing it." Yeah. Okay. I'm on. I'm on his side now. Then. Yeah. So if, if, if that's the end goal, if, like, if he came up with that, like, or if he actually believes that the end of the world is coming, or if he just wants everybody to live, you know, live like they've only got ten years left to live. Yeah, I, if if it works, you know, then then so good on him. Yeah, live like you only have ten years left to live, and do it the best way you can. <laughs> and by treating people right, yeah, not trying to screw them over, and having them look for ways to retaliate against your punk ass. Anything else? Moving on. New headline. Uh, yeah. New next headline. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
dentist threatens to report parents for neglect unless they bring their kids in and wallets. Uh, mandatory abuse reporting requirements led to a novel marketing scheme. A, a dental practice in Pennsylvania has a novel method for guaranteeing return business. Threatened to turn parents in for neglect if they stop bringing in their kids. Uh, Smiles for Keeps, which has three offices in the state, insists that its threats are being misinterpreted. Uh, but the letter sent out is pretty clear. Get your kids back in here. Uh, Mom, Trey, Hoyumpa, did not like the treatment she and her kids got at the Smiles for Keeps location in Bartonsville, Pennsylvania. In a Facebook po post, she claims that the practice wouldn't let her go into the patient area with her children, wouldn't let her meet with the dentist, and diagnosed but wouldn't treat more than one of her children on her visit. Uh, she decided not to go back. <clears throat> a few months later, a few, uh, yeah, a few months later, she received this letter. I'm going to read the letter. Dear parent, as smiles for kids, our goal is to keep children as healthy as possible through education, regular dental checkups, and timely treatment as needed. In order for us to do that, you must bring your child to one of our smile centers for regular professional cleaning and treatment. According to the law, failure to bring your child for dental care is considered neglect. Pennsylvania Act 31, Child Abuse Reporting and Recognition Requirements states that health care providers must report your failure to bring your child to the dentist for evaluation and care. A copy of Act 31 is enclosed for your reference. Smiles for Keeps has not reported your child's outstanding dental treatment as of yet. Since the law is in effect, we hope this letter encourages you to schedule an appointment to follow through with needed dental treatment for your child. Uh, if you sought a second opinion, please also contact us with the name of your new provider. We'd be happy to forward your child's records upon signing a release form. Uh, to keep your child as healthy as possible and avoid report to state authorities, Please call Smiles for Keeps immediately to schedule a treatment appointment within the next 30 days. With your help, Smiles for Keeps can continue to provide your child with quality dental care. Sincerely, Smiles for Keeps Pediatric Dentistry. <clears throat> the letter says that neglecting a child's dental care can be considered child abuse in Pennsylvania and that the dental providers are required to report it to the state. It notes that the dental office has not yet reported the parent, but she should schedule an appointment to have her child seen ASAP or else. The letter concludes, to keep your child as healthy as possible and avoid a uh, report to state authorities, please call Smiles for Keep immediately to schedule an appointment. This is obviously going to be perceived as a threat. Uh, Pennsylvania does indeed require that dental offices report child welfare agencies any signs of abuse or neglect. But not taking your child to Smiles for Keeps isn't evidence of neglect. Uh, when local media and Yahoo Lifestyles started probing back, the dental clinic told them that letters aren't sent until multiple attempts have been made to communicate with the family and that if parents seek business with a different dentist, they should let them know. Hayampa told Yahoo that she has absolutely no interest in communicating with the clinic any further and that she's looking for a second opinion. She doesn't trust their claims that her two children had several cavities and she said they refused to show her the x-rays. Uh, remarkably, Ross Wesmore, the dentist who founded the practice, defended his letters on Monday, insisting that he regularly sees children with all sorts of medical problems because they missed a dental appointment. Color me suspicious, but that's not the point. Smiles for Keeps is a private business providing a service, not a government agency. Uh, neither Hoyumpa nor any other consumer has any obligation to communicate with Smiles for Keeps or to set foot in its office if she doesn't want to. And she is not required to tell them why or where they've gone instead. Uh, yet Wesmore and his office are threatening families with government investigation for declining to do business with him. Uh, I doubt lawmakers intended the reporting requirements to be used this way, 
but it's one side effect of mandating that private actors play tattletale to the government. Does he even care that he could upend families' lives by reporting them to the state? It's bad enough that abuse fears have led some hotels and airlines to start calling the authorities simply for seeing an adult, usually male, traveling with a child, usually his. Uh, citing this law, try to scare parents into patronizing your business is pretty damn low. Fortunately, since Smiles for Keeps is a private business and not a government agency, the market can decide if it agrees with Wesmar's tactics. I suspect a business that treats its customers well doesn't have to threaten them to get them to come back again. But that's just me. Uh, so your thoughts on this, MC? Businesses using the state uh, to coerce consumers. Well, that's a creative way to get business, I guess. Or else. That's that's really weird. I wonder if they actually ever did do that or if it was all just threats, you know, because they're, they're probably they don't really care about the kids. I mean, they're just they just want the business. And Yeah. I mean, that's I, I, I see your point. And I, I would assume the uh, until this article, right, the threat has been enough. Oh, yeah. Right? Well, I mean, the threat the threat is is way not not appropriate at all i mean but for, for the most part neither is the the government's uh uh enforcement of the you know child pr protective agencies so right but what i'm saying is you know it most most parents probably wouldn't take this this far right like they they get the letter they go oh shit i gotta schedule my appointment they schedule the appointment um, they don't go to Facebook to make these types of claims. They don't get, you know, the, the national media involved in it. Um, so how long has, you know, threats like this been going out? I don't know when the, that act was, oh, 2014 looks like. So for four years now, they've had this like, you know, threat in their back pocket on how to, on how to, you know, get repeat customers to come back or, you know, at, le at least, you know, know where they're going. Um, and, uh, and that's probably been enough. Like they probably, they likely have never had to, um, send the, you know, send CPA after a family because the, the, the threat's enough, right? Just like, just, you know, just like, you know, you know, libertarians, anarchists, there's always, there's always talk about like the gun in the room, right? And, and you know, our, our, our mutual friend, right? The gun is like literally up against your head. Like you just have to understand like they, they literally got the gun like right up against your head. Like no matter what you do, the gun is just right there, right? It's, it's not exactly how it works, right? Everyone just has like a tacit understanding that there's a threat looming. Um, and then if, you know, if you, if you value your life, you know, more than you value your freedom and your liberty, um, then you just do what they say, right? You're, you're free to do what they say and, and do what you do as long as what you do is what they say you can do type of a thing. Otherwise, you know, then, then the threat comes out, right? And so having, you know, the, the threat is always looming when you deal with the state. Um, and it's usually enough to keep the vast majority of people in line. So I, I would see a situation where sending these letters out doesn't garner this reaction all the time. Uh, but fortunately, you know, they, they like, they picked on the wrong family this time, um, and got the, the news media involved. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it's just, you know, another illustration of, you know, what we would consider to be, um, you know, corporatism or, you know, collusion amongst, uh, you know, state and private business or whatever label you want to put on that, um, where they work together, Right. Like th this is, you know, this may be a private business, but the, the moment, you know, you, you, 
use the state to 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 threaten um you know private customers um I, I think you lose you know you lose whatever credibility you had as a private business right like and and caps like myself love to back private business you can do what you want you know within your own business you can kick out who you want you can serve who you want you can discriminate against whomever you want um that is your right as a private business and a private business owner um but then you pull stuff like this and you go like well you you, you lost all that right mm-hmm. now now when the fascist riot right i'm okay if they burn your you know if they burn your office down right <laughs> Just, just like those commie kids, right? You, you lose all sympathy from me the minute you start doing dumb shit like that, right? All of a sudden, I go like, well, they, they, you shouldn't burn down private businesses unless it's private businesses in collusion with the state um, trying to hurt private citizens and families. Then, by all means, you know, take them down too, right? That's another I, – I used to – maybe I still do, right? Like, I think, I think the ANCOMs and Antifa – and all those people, if guided, if guided in the right direction, can be like useful idiots for the, you know, like, cause I don't want to, I, I don't want to go out there, right. And face off with the cops. But if we can, if we can move those pawns into place where they're the ones taking the bullets, right. Then it's like a win-win. Yeah. Yeah. I, but you're, you're touching on what the government does with people on an everyday basis is manipulate people. So, yeah. Um, but that shows they're easily manipulated and all we got to do is well, like, yeah, I know, mean, pawn them in the right direction. They have a group called anti-fascists that act like the fascists do. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So yeah, of course they're useful idiots. I mean, they're, they're completely idiotic. I mean, <laughs> um, and they're, and they're not helping, uh, they're not even helping their own cause, right? They're they're actually making it worse. Yeah, I agree with that. But I'm but I'm but I'm also saying like if if cops fire on Antifa and and everyone dies, right? <laughs> that, that I'm okay with that situation too. Right, right. Right. It's just how do how do we how do we get them to smash the state as opposed to like you know smash the right? I guess I don't know how to phrase it. Well. So th- there is a problem. It's it's not even just the right. They're, they're like they're like eat the rich, you know, smash the smash the rich. It doesn't yes. matter if they're rich rich government people or rich uh, uh, corporate people. Any anybody who's succeeding is, you know, without any proof is obviously doing it on on the backs of uh, poor people. And, and and if and if you have a job, then that means that you're being uh, what's the word for it oppressive uh, you're being oppressed, oppressed if yeah, yeah if you if you if you if you're working for a corporation you're being oppressed wage slave and yeah and uh and of course it's all bullshit but you know pe- pe- people have been trained and you know especially by the college system that uh that they're oppressed <laughs> so <laughs> do you ever listen to um Thaddeus Russell any of his speeches or lectures or anything like that or read any of his books uh no no okay Man, he's an interesting character. I will say that. Um, but I was I was listening to one of his uh, interviews on the School Sucks podcast recently. Like it might even be like the latest episode. And he basically like kind of pinpointed what you just said, and that is the the left, the movement of the left, and you know I'll, I'll throw an antifa with that is 
anti-wealth more than they are anti-anything else, right? And, and they were discussing like the, you know, again, the David Hogg um, school shootings and all that. And his, his claim was that the, the left has come out against the NRA, um, not because the NRA is like, you know, gun nuts and gun toters and violent, you know, or redneck hillbillies, but all of a sudden, because the NRA has money, right? They're, they're a lobbying group with donors and wealth, and that's the reason, right? It's not that they're rednecks and hillbillies and, you know, firing their rifles up into the air. It's that all of a sudden they have money, and that's the root. That, that's what he considered, um, in my understanding of his interview, to be like the root of, of left ire, I guess, is that they hate wealth. They hate, uh, they hate wealth and they hate the wealthy more than anything else, right? It's not about the children. It's not about safety and security. It's, oh my God, they have money. You know, let's go after them because they're the ones with the money. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, and it's kind of what you just said too. And and that's the whole uh, <clears throat> problem they had in communist China. You know, they, they, they said that uh, being poor to the, to the state was an honor. Yeah. Imagine that being man. stupid too. Getting all those people to think like that. At the same time, you know, uh, uh, again, e- exceptions not the rule, right? For 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 most individuals out there, um, activism isn't like the money maker, right? It's like it's it's difficult to get to get wealthy doing activism, or being an activist, or like you know fighting for a cause. Does it happen? Sure. You know, celebritarians abound, right? But they're not, you know, they're, they're not on like the, you know, the list of the world's richest billionaires and stuff like that. They're, you know, they're, they're wealthy in there and, and, and popular and celebrity in their own little communities. Um, and you go like, well, if you really want to take down the state, you got to get rich. Um, and my problem prospectively has always been, well, the wealthier you get, the more entrenched you get. Um, and the more the state gets from you, right? Like, you know, if you're making billions, you're on the radar and you're giving them billions in, in revenue and, and tax money. So how do you, how do you get wealthy? True. How do you get wealthy enough to take them down without letting them see you get wealthy and then, you know, give them the, the end around and take them down. Right. Like that's, that's, that's always been like the conundrum for me, right? How do how do I get rich and wealthy enough where I'm not stuck in their, you know, in their corporate um, you know, or, you know, corporate rat trap or anything like that, where you're always fighting against them, um, but without, without contributing, you know, to, to their dastardly deeds around the world at the same time. Tough. Might be a hypothetical question. Depends if you have an answer. Well, I, I think I mentioned it before. I don't, I don't know if it's possible to get rid of yeah. the state or the government, but, um, you know, maybe, maybe just, uh, you know, one person at a time, you know, uh, yeah. uh, that maybe that's what matters, you know? Yeah. One mind at a time. One, one anarchist conversion after another until centuries from now, they go like, Oh, what the hell were they thinking back in the 21st? All right. Final thoughts. Thoughts. Uh, I'm good. All right. 
Thank you very much for listening, everybody. You guys know where to find us, anarchistexperience.com, facebook.com slash anarchistexperience. Uh, if you want to join in on the discussion and post some show prep for me, uh, do that in the groups, facebook.com slash groups slash anarchistexperience. Uh, and if you want to contribute to the show financially, why not? You got a dollar. Um, do it through Patreon, patreon.com slash experience. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace.